Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Fitter, Healthier Dad podcast, where you can learn how to improve your diet, lose fat, and get fitter in a sustainable and fun way without spending hours in the gym. Here is your host, Darren Kirby. This is episode 27 of the Fitter, Healthier Dad podcast. In today's show, we're going to be talking about the art of cold exposure training. Joining me on the show is Lee Ewan. Lee is a cold exposure evangelist and has been trained by the Iceman himself, Win Hof. Lee has spent years exploring cold adaptation to aid anxiety, pain, and stress relief, as well as sports and athletic performance enhancement. He used to compete in basketball at a high level, but nowadays you can find him guiding cold exposure in many different settings, from sports halls to a small teepee in the middle of the forest. Hey, Lee. G'day, mate. How are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. Thanks very much for joining me on the show today. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Cool. Um, So before we kind of get into the whole uh, topic and the subject of cold exposure, um, can we get a little bit of information and background on yourself, Lee? Yeah, of course. You can probably tell right off the bat that, I mean, I live in Finland. I live up north in Finland, but I'm an Aussie. I'm an Aussie. I've been uh, living up here in Finland for about 12 years. And as you probably well know, you can't come from that kind of climate down down in the southern hemisphere and uh, make your way up to Finland and not have some or form some relationship with the cold, you know? Yeah. So, um yeah, it was quite. It was quite. There's more than just the weather to come come to terms with up here. It's all the cultural things and you know language and all those sort of things. But um, yeah, I, I, honestly, I've never felt more happier or healthier since moving up here. And a lot of it really? has to do with the climate and uh, the way of life here as well. So, right. Okay. So, so what what caused the move then, Lee? If you don't mind me asking, you know, like you say, you're going from the summer's hemisphere where the majority of us would ideally love to migrate to, because the perception is it's always warm, it's always sunny, everyone's always happy, and then you go up to Finland, which is yeah, like you say, polar opposite, really. Yeah, well, uh, you know, we have this little thing in Australia. We got this uh, working holiday visa that we're able to come over there to the UK. So many Aussies jump across at the opportunity to sort of take a year or two off and kind of explore. I think the goal or the dream is to explore Europe, but I think many of us sort of get stuck (laughs) stuck in London or or in some of those larger cities there, maybe up north, uh, Manchester in some cases, Cardiff in Wales and stuff. Yeah, but. yeah, I, I was no, I was no different. My mum's actually born in Leicester, in the Midlands, over there. So um, okay. I was under no kind of time, time pressure. I suppose I was just out there exploring, and you know, I felt like I was, I felt like um, I, I like many do. You know, you're, a, you're, you're in your mid, mid to late thirties, and you're sort of like wondering what you're doing. Um, this, I was working in the public service, or basically for the government there in Australia. Okay. And, uh, you know, that was, that's not really what didn't, didn't speak to me, you know, it was just doing, doing work for the paycheck. So, uh, yeah, took the chance to to come across and, uh, of course, met a Finnish girl, you know, surprise, surprise. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, yeah, you know, we got a, we got along great and, um, ended up just basically, you know, London's its own animal in a way to to me you know it's uh it's it's a lovely city um but there's also a certain uh situation or circumstance you need to be in to go and explore and enjoy all of those lovely things um yeah over there and i just wasn't we weren't in that situation then so it kind of felt like a bit of a uh you know hamster in the wheel kind of situation or a bit of a grind over there and then uh we made the decision that um we'd we'd come to finland but first we'd uh stop stop off in in australia for you know seven eight months uh you know meet the folks and stuff and then uh, come back over and of course for me the the one of the biggest things that i did just before i got across was um i applied for university because the the you know the education system's a little bit different here even uh, foreigners can uh you know enroll in 
university level degree programs uh, at no cost, no charge. I was like, hey, well, I may as well, may as well uh, educate myself a little bit over here as well. So it kind of, yeah. it kind of worked out okay. Uh, but then, of course, early on, even within about eight to nine months, the whole the whole relationship fell to bits, mate. And uh, <laughs> I ended up uh, ended up staying anyway because I I wanted to complete the studies and I wanted to uh, I didn't want to give up on Finland, you know, at the first sign of no. uh, trouble. Okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, so on on the the kind of environment of Finland, I've only ever been to Finland once um, when I was in the corporate world. Oh, and right. Okay. Was, it was cold, very icy, you know, and the perception is that in the winter you don't get much light, it's very cold, and I don't know, I'm not too certain about the summer. The only thing that I do know is it can get very warm there, but like I said in the beginning, it's kind of polar opposite to Australia, yeah. and when we're thinking about, you know, the realms of, of health and stuff, you know, there's this whole big thing around getting vitamin D in and, and everything else. So, So what is the environment like? there and why are you so attracted to it oh you nailed it that's exactly how it is i mean there is uh it's i wouldn't say the temperature was the biggest thing to come to grips with it was definitely the light as you mentioned like um, you know this time of the year uh, and for the next uh like week or two it's literally going into that the darkest time of the year where we don't get the sunlight quite as much uh so you'll get a few hours of sort of you know, I'm using parentheses here, uh, daylight yeah. or sunlight, um, where it's, you know, the sun's not out today. As I look out the window, right. it's just a, a bit kind of gloomy gray, but it's, you know, it's, it's light. You can see everything out there, but, yeah. um, it has its effects, mate. It has its effects on everybody here. Um, yeah. even, even, you know, Finnish, Finnish people that have been born and bred here and it's in the DNA, um, it affects everybody. It's just a real, it's a biological effect. So people do get a little bit sort of um, uh, internal in a way. They're just trying to, they're just trying to get, you know, get through the day and get their things um, sorted out. But one, 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 and it comes probably as no surprise that um, fin, Finns actually drink the most coffee per person per capita in the world. So, oh, wow. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's actually all the Nordic countries are kind of featured in the top maybe ten or eight uh, in the world, but Finland's number one, and it's about four four cups per day per person. Wow! So it's quite it's quite uh, yeah. You'd be struggling to go to a business meeting up here and not find coffee offered there. You know, they're usually serving yeah. coffee with every single meeting, and um, right. yeah. So there's a few there's a few things that. Uh, there's a few things that they've uh, figured out up here in in order to kind of like come to terms with it all. Another one is the the sauna. So we say it's sauna. Yeah. We would say sauna, but it's a Finnish word. We say sauna, and that's right. another big thing um, that people u- utilize up here. That's really really good for you. The be- the health benefits have uh, pretty well documented. Um, yeah, I'm lucky enough or fortunate enough to have a, a sauna uh, sort of in my apartment. So okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's perfect. Wow. Yeah. So that, yeah, I mean, that, that, you know, we, we talk about it here in the UK, particularly in the winter when the clocks change, you know, people start to talk about, you know, the, the kind of sad scenario and, and, you know, particularly if you work in corporate, you're going from, you know, in the mornings, you're commuting in the dark, you go into an office, you don't really see daylight, you come out, it's dark. Um, And so what are kind of the coping mechanisms or the things that you've seen in, in the Finnish society, how people can deal with that? Or do, or is it just a case if they just get on with it, deal with it and have coffee? Uh, probably, to be really honest, I think it's a bit of a combination, mate. There's a, there's a certain – it's it's quite quite fitting that we have this today as well. Like we, We're talking about all this stuff today because um, today is the 102nd year of the Finnish independence, you know, and that, if you think about the history of the place, it's, it's um, you know, the conditions – the different kind of you know groups of people that have been living here over the course of time they've had there's a certain embedded resiliency i suppose it's kind of like in the dna i suppose but then also they've had these other kind of challenges like different uh countries like russia and sweden in the in the olden days uh that were kind of trying to occupy the place or had occupied the place it was under their rule and uh 102 years ago the finns 
with this tiny little army fended off, uh, you know, uh, the Russian army that was about, was it 20 times the size or something like this? Um, so they did it with their, their smarts, their knowledge, and um, actually the um, <laughs> this might come as a bit of a surprise because the stereotypical Finn is known as a bit kind of, um, in uh, what do you say, like introvert or yeah, um, a, a kind of stoic introvert uh, combination. And uh, these these guys, uh, the Finns, they work together in little groups. You know, they they communicated really well with each other, and that's how they were able to organize themselves and kind of uh, fight off the fight off the the threat. You know, and I think it's a little yeah. bit the same today as well. You know, we've got a lot. We've got a really really good, um, you know, sort of like fitness culture here. There's a lot of like people are really adventurous with what they're doing here. Uh, people are more than willing to try out. Uh, you know, you've got a lot of uh, men uh, that enjoy the yoga and not like these kind of yogi yogi men or fit men. It's just, you know, just dads, uh, people of all kind of backgrounds, people from the corporate world as well. Um, yeah. And, and for example, like I think it was like uh, last week we did a – we had a sending off for a couple of guys from our – from the university – and uh, yeah. we were doing so. I don't even remember what it was called, mate. I think it was Bizomba or something like this. It was very, very urban dancing, street dancing yeah. kind of thing. So, yeah. not not honestly my cup of tea, but it was like really. I mean, it was you know we had a whole bunch of guys doing that in there, having a having a barrel of laughs. So, yeah. there is that kind of um, group exercise kind of culture where you rely on, on the support and the sort of um, you know a little bit of uh, group collective learning as well. Yeah, I think that's I think that's that's quite important actually, and I think it's one which, particularly in the UK and, and the Western world, I think we're only I think that the tide is changing around that around community side of things because I don't want to go too much off on a tangent here, but we, yeah. we're increasingly living insular lives in terms of, you know, everything is on our mobile phones now, our shopping, our in, interaction with people, and a lot of fitness. Um, kind of not even just gyms but just fitness kind of movements are popping up now where you can if you take a higher look at it what it actually is it's not necessarily about the fitness it's about community about people engaging and interaction and I think you know we kind of we have lost that over many many years so that that's quite interesting that that, you know that that the finish are doing that already yeah and I think it's also a little bit um a lot of it you know, there is that kind of paradox, isn't there, that we feel like we're quite connected with all of these mobile phones and the technology and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I mean, obviously, that's how we're even talking right now. Um, but then yeah. in terms of like there's still this kind of proximity and there's still this kind of, uh, you know, when you look at someone in the eyes, when you give it, when you get the pat on the back from someone in your, in your team sport environment or you know, you have that. Yeah. It can even be a beer or a, you know a coffee or a tea after after the, the the football game or whatever it is. I mean, those kind of interactions are somehow like you're like you're suggesting are kind of like seem like they're um, I don't know either not, they've just kind of fallen on the wayside or um, I don't know. It just we just feel like we're um, connected via the technology and. There's still a lot of that physical yeah. stuff and the proximity stuff that I think uh, is really, really valuable to us, and that's almost like taking one of the legs away from the chair when you when you give when you don't have that in your life anymore as well. Yeah, definitely, I, I completely agree, and it's it's a topic which I could have a whole podcast on because it's it's social interaction, it's social skills, particularly with children as well now, you know, because they are brought up in this world of connected technology, and it's amazing how kids it builds anxiety in some kids when they're not connected. But like I said, you know, that's have you whole, seen that one video? Story. Have you seen that one video, mate? That the really scary video that where um, uh, there was a there was a child uh, with a newspaper on the ground and the child was, I don't know how old, maybe two two years old or something, was trying to swipe the newspaper. No. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. That, that, oh, you'll, you'll, have to, you'll have to send a link to the video and um, I'll post it in the show notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, that- it's kind of like shows that even though we're having this kind of, we're experiencing this now, uh, we are actually, our children uh we, you know, there's a there's a group of youngsters growing up in a in these times where 
you know, we we didn't know, we don't know what it's like growing up with all this technology. You know, we, we were lucky to have a TV in yeah. the house or whatever it was, and now all these kids have got all iPhones and they've got a, a mobile phone by the age of seven or eight going to school and all this kind of thing. So, yeah, we're going to, it's, yeah. it's these kind of things and these uh, conversations are really, really important to have now so that we can kind of help guide the kids and the, the future generations a little bit too. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Awareness, awareness is key. So, so coming back to you, to your studies, and obviously you, you, you went to, to, or are you still going to university uh, in Finland? Um, and then obviously you, you've then trained in, in, in cold therapy and you've trained with the Iceman himself. So what led you to, to kind of becoming interested in that area? Was it the fact that you were in Finland or you just had a, a general in, interest in it already? Uh, I was, it was for sure that I was in Finland, you know, like I, um i used to think that the 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 quote unquote chilly mornings of canberra frosty morning in canberra uh in the capital of australia was a was a cold uh you know that was cold uh but that that's not yeah. it pales in comparison to what we experience up here you know um so yeah. And in, even if i think back in those days i was still wearing the shorts to school most of the time I was still wearing shorts to school most of the year, I would say, back in Australia. So, you know, it's just really different. And I, I, I honestly, I've, I've not noticed the cold so much when I was in Australia. But uh, when I came to Finland, uh, I was like, okay, you know, the, dark, the darkness <laughs> and the fact that there's just this ice, like you said, that the snow comes and goes and they do a really good job of kind of taking that snow away so that it's not like piling up all over the place like you might see in some other places. Um you know, I, I was about to just jump in and say the US, but that, that, that I just have, I, I suppose. Um, yeah. But then it's actually the ice and things like that. And you know, it, if you if you weren't to go outside when it's just cold and icy, then you'd probably be staying indoors for like seven, eight, nine months of the year. You know, and um, yeah. I actually tried to do that the first year because also, I, as I mentioned, the relationship was. Um, you know, it, it was pretty obvious that that was the wrong relationship and that we were both uh, experiencing a bit of difficulties. Um, you know, me adjusting yeah. and then also um, my girlfriend at the time, she she was living in London for about six years. So there was probably a little bit of a reverse culture shock uh, thing happening there as well. Yeah. Um, but, okay. yeah, I, try, I, I mean, I didn't want to go outside, mate. I didn't, I didn't want to go out there. I wasn't you know, I wasn't even prepared. I didn't have the right clothes or anything like that. And uh, I just kind of found myself yeah. indoors all the time. And I, I've never been that kind of person. I've always want, needed or right. wanted or had this urge to go outside and be in nature or go, go to the beach or at least go for a hike in the, in the, in the, in the bush in Australia. So, yeah, and, uh, you know, uh, eventually I just said, you know what, I've got to get back. I've got to get out there somehow. I've got to, I can't let, eight or nine months of my life passed by waiting for something else to happen. And then as you, as you, you touched on the, the Finnish summers as well, but the, you, you know, you might get a summer here once every four or five years um, where it's only about 20 degrees for four or five days. And the rest is sort of hovering around this 16 to 18 degrees, gloomy, a bit rainy and so on. So it's a dangerous game to even rely rely on the fact that okay, I just got to get through to the next summer, you know. So um, yeah, I basically went out. I uh, had some friends, some mates that were inviting me out to do uh, you know cross country skiing. There's no big um, downhill okay. slopes here, um, but you know there is a lot of good uh, forest cross country skiing tracks, and I kind of like started to do that a little bit, and I like that because you can get get in and amongst nature. Um, but what I really enjoyed about that the most was that when you finished, you do, you know, you do some kilometers, you know, through the forest and all that kind of stuff. I mean, you, you're sweating, yeah. you're sweating, you know, it's a real workout. Yeah. Um, but then I like this uh, sauna thing uh, that we have, uh, sauna. And, you know, there's, they say that they, there's the population of Finland is about 5.5 million and we've got about three point, I think it's about 3.5 million saunas here. So almost one for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> wow. and this was just the you know at, back at the sort of this lodge thing where you can get get all the skis and that they always have this sauna and you can go down there and um you know it's just a perfect way to sort of like um 
relax and you know you feel calm and it's really enjoyable experience you know and by the way yeah you're butt naked with a whole bunch of random strangers you you don't know of course um and then the other interesting thing is that in finland there's always a body of water close by because we have 180,000 lakes here 180,000 lakes yeah that's why the finnish flag is blue and white because it's basically representative of the the kind of white snow but then also very much the blue uh water that we have here um and those 180,000 lakes all just about all of them have probably frozen up by about now i would say this time of the year so the, 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 what I'm saying here is the two things kind of go hand in hand. There's, all, there's usually always a sauna next to a body of water. And right. they just that, that's just how it began, mate. They, they were like, okay, we're going to go for a quick dip. And I was like, you've got to be joking, right? And they're like, no. And then they go one after the other. Boom, boom, boom. So, and, uh, you know, I was the butt of all jokes, mate. The You know, the Aussies going in, they wanted to film me, they wanted to record me and, you know, I couldn't handle it. And um, eventually I I decided myself that, you know what, I don't want this, I don't like, <laughs> I want to I want to be able to do this, you know. I want to actually be able to do it. Yeah. And it wasn't for the right reasons, I suppose. It was more about like I want to prove everybody wrong and all that kind of thing. But I went off yeah. and I went to the Baltic Sea, which was which also freezes, even though it's still quite salty uh, water content. But it's yeah. it's a little bit it's it's a bit less salt water than the other larger oceans, so that means that the actual ice uh, can form formate there, and you know you get like 30, 40 right. centimeters of ice on there in the winter time, and of course. At the start of the winter, like you know October or so on, you just it only just starts, you know, you know, getting that thin layer of ice on it, and that's when I started uh, yeah. kind of getting in there and getting amongst it. I had no idea what I was doing, but I just wanted to experience that. And um, yeah, like I said, all, for all the wrong reasons, you know, it was just more about proving yeah. everybody else, um, yeah, right. proving everybody else wrong, and uh, like you know, I could do it. The Aussie guys not. Not a wimp, not a wimp <laughs> or anything like this. So, yeah, okay. So, so in terms of like the the obviously they they do it for a reason. Obviously, there's a benefit for it. But what you know, what kind of physical or mental benefits, are, you know, of this cold water therapy are there? Because initially, you know, for us general Westerners, and I've tried these cold showers and I've not yet mastered it <laughs> to be honest. Um. But but the, the times when I have done it, cognitively, and what I mean by that is your awareness, your mental capacity is just like, it's like it's switched on. Yeah. So there, there clearly is benefits around it. It's just kind of getting over that hump, if you like, of, of, of being in the cold, because naturally we just gravitate to nice, hot, warm climates and showers and all the rest of it. So what are the physical and men- mental benefits have you found? Yeah, that's the that's the thing, right? The, a lot of people have been talking about the physical benefits, but you're right. I mean, the the mental aspect is something, something, that, something that thing that uh, if you think if you think about the situation when you wake up in the morning, um, you know, like most of us are kind of like you know, you crawl out of a really really cozy warm bed, you know, yeah. the the apartment or the house, yeah. you know, you've got a radiator on or the you know over here in Finland we have triple glazed windows and they you know because you have to have these buildings all kind of <laughs> ready to ready to survive all kinds of uh, extreme temperatures you know so you yeah. get out of bed and it's like kind of yeah. cozy you, you maybe you don't want to get out of bed you got to go to work and all that kind of thing and then you go to the shower and you 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 have a warm shower you have a hot shower and then you right. you kind of like dawdle around in there right. for 10 15 minutes or you know however it goes you come back out and then you're like still still not aware of what's going on or anything like that and that's where i like that's where i i'm i'm asking people or or sort of like a little bit challenging people saying hey listen when you wake up in the morning it's go time you know like a lot of a lot of your listeners the dads mm. i mean they don't get they don't get the um you know they don't have a the opportunity or the luxury to sort of say, oh, okay, let's ha- hang around or whatever. It's like, you know, you've got to go. The kids are probably woken you up in the first place and then it's all, you know, it's all go, go, go from there on. Yeah. So I think that I think the cold shower is like the ultimate sort of um, test or the challenge for you to, to 
be who you want to be, attack the day and own the day, you know, because everyone knows, everyone knows that uh, if you have a little bit of a, you know, splash a bit of water on the face, you kind of feel fresher. Or if you go to the swimming pool and it's a little bit cooler than you, that you might've thought, you kind of have that kind of invigoration or this invigorating feeling. Everyone knows that and yeah. experienced it on some level. Yeah. But uh, you can yeah. get that, you can kind of microdose yeah. that on a daily basis by just going to the, to the shower. And the, the, right. the mental aspect of that, right. of just being like being, it's like I always say it's a bit like the matrix, you know, you're literally confronted with the red or the blue pill, you know, <laughs> the, the two in the yeah. shower, you know, it's like which way, yeah. which way are we going to go today? And there's just so much more benefits uh, mentally to be, be kind of like from the start of the day, choosing, choosing uh, a slightly more challenging uh, way, you know? And if you make your bed and go, if you make your bed in the morning, then go to the shower, have a cold shower, you're kind of um, subconsciously, it's a little bit more of this sort of like military army uh, kind of regime thing where you would just sort of like give yourself these little this progression and ticking the boxes as you go so the mental aspect is something that kind of can give you it kind of compounds and gives you this momentum starting starting the day you know then you go and make the kids breakfast or this or that and you're 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 you're, you're, you're entering the day you know yeah 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 i think i think i think it's I think there's a couple of things really. I, th- I think it's the fact that it's just changing and challenging yourself first thing in the morning. Um, and particularly if you've got kids and they're young kids and they've had you up at the night, you know, people listening to this might be thinking a cold shower when I've been up for three hours a night, what are you guys talking about? But I think that it's not, it's not necessarily a case in Lee, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it's not necessarily a case of just switching on the cold shower and getting in. You can yeah. switch between the two. So you can do like 20 seconds of warm, 20, 10 seconds of cold, um, but yeah, I mean, I definitely have felt the benefits of it. But it, but around the, the techniques that you would recommend, Lee, what what kind of how could they incorporate that in term, from a breathing aspect as well? Because obviously, it takes your breath away. But then, equally to that, you know, if ha, ha, would you or do you incorporate that after yeah, you've worked uh, out as well? Okay, so so the basic the basic way that I would suggest doing that is you basically you, there's, there's a couple of ways you can try it. So some, I always say it's like there's always a couple of different types of people, two different types of people. There's those of us who uh, go into a cold pool up to our knees, up to our waist, up to our chest, and then kind of dive in. And then there's the other side, the other half of yeah. us or whatever the numbers are that just dive on in. So in the same way, I've, I've been telling people, <laughs> hey, you can, do the, you can do the shower exactly the same way. So you can get the... You know, you can uh, turn the hop down in three stages. So you kind of down, one, you know, and experience that, then down again, and then all the way. So you're kind of gradually uh, uh, getting to the cold. Or then for some some people, they just like to have the cold straight away and they like to get in. They like to put their chest under, they rotate, they put the back, and then eventually they'll just put their face and their head in as well. So, and as you mentioned correctly, I mean, that's exactly yeah. what happens, right? You're in a little bit of a... You, the reason why we wake up and there's there is that kind of invigoration or this kind of awake feeling or a bit of clarity too, you could say, is because you are that sort of you're you're tapping in or awakening mm. that sort of sympathetic uh, branch of the nervous system, which is basically the fight or flight. You know, your body's kind of saying, yeah. "Okay, hang on, is this what, what kind of threat have we got here? Cold, cold is a threat to your to your homeostasis." You know. And if you think about homeostasis as a, as, a, as a sort of a concept, it's basically this little tiny part of your brain, which is the commonly referred to as the reptilian part of the brain, which is basically uh, governing your body to uh, just survive. It's just literally trying to have you to, you know, we call it yeah. the three Fs, right? The fight or flight response, the feeding response, or then the procreation uh, uh, you know, or the other F word there, you could say. Yeah, those three Fs, and <laughs> yeah, and it's just trying to keep you in that safe, yeah. safe spot, so that safe zone. And you know, if if you if you 
Yeah. If we find ourselves in these controlled environments, if we're choosing warm, we're choosing comfort all the time, um, we're not kind of opening up or awakening those nice little um, adaptations after all of these years of uh, evolution. How, how have we gotten from the caves to caveman to today? Um, you know, we're kind of like uh, wrapping ourselves in cotton wool. So it is kind of opening and awakening these uh, yeah. these pathways in the body on a cellular level, and then you're kind of just you're you're waking you're waking up your body. You get you do get a little bit of a you get a little bit of a rise in adrenaline, which is basically glucose that that you know your body gives you. So you kind of get that kind of awake. Okay, let's do it kind of feeling. Um, and as you mentioned as well, the yeah. the contrast shower, which is hot and cold, that serves a really nice purpose as well. So you can kind of, you correctly suggested 20 seconds or 30 seconds sort of warm and then going back to the cold and having this kind of um, alternating between the two a couple of times. Um, that's actually really, really good to open up your lymph, lymph yeah. system or your lymphatic system, which is the drainage system in your body. So all these little toxins and so on that you can kind of uh, open that up and, uh, you know, get rid of some of that stuff. So, it, yeah, the, that's, that's, the, that's the reason to have the, the, the uh, contrast showers. But you should always try and finish with the cold because you'll, you'll end up having that kind of uh, awake, awake focus clarity uh, at the end of the shower. Now, and the last thing that you mentioned, actually, if I remember correctly, was you were asking about the, having a cold shower after training. And, you know, if, if people are kind of like doing, yes, uh, going to the gym in the morning and then trying to get back and, and then, you know, uh, help the kids with breakfast or the, or the missus and so on, um, I, the cold shower is a good idea in some cases. And that basically what would, right. I would say is that like if you're doing cardio, uh, if you're doing some yoga, if you're doing a bit of a run in the morning, if you're doing, you know, rowing, anything like that, cycling, whatever, whatever your, your weapon of choice is, uh, those kind of cardiovascular related things, a cold shower is actually yeah. very good, very good for those, uh, exercises afterwards, because it kind of decreases the inflammation in the body. And a lot of the repetitive, um, sports yeah. where you're it's you know running is one of those where your kind of joints and things like that are after time they just need a little bit of you know you know they get a bit inflamed and the cold shower is a nice way to bring that down a little bit whereas so that's a good idea for those cardiovascular yeah. uh, exercises but if you're actually going to the gym and you're doing some resistance training what you want to do is if you can it's not always possible the number one thing to do after that is go to the sauna because um you know, like the sauna, uh, go in there uh, and heat heat yourself up, um, and open up the open up the veins, the blood vessels, and get the obviously your testosterone spikes up as well, um, and also the human growth hormone factor spikes yeah. uh, whilst you're in the sauna, especially if it's about twenty minutes, about eighty degrees, something like that, um, and that's like the the best thing you can do after your training, but. And, and the reason for that is because we want the inflammation, right? We know that when we go into the gym and we look in the mirror, we're doing the bicep curl. Yes. You know, we look at that and we're like, oh, hang on, that looks pretty good. That's because it's swelling up. We're getting a lot of blood flow into the muscle, into the tissue. And we want to keep keep that going afterwards. So if you were to, if you, the perfect scenario would be in the morning that you do your weightlifting or your bench press, whatever resistance training you're into. Um, you would you can even do fasted workout as well uh, if that's if that's uh, convenient just a bit of water and then do the workout um, but what you'd want to do is after the workout go to the sauna keep that inflammation going keep the blood flowing uh, or just before you would go to the sauna right. sorry you would ha ta have your protein or your uh, amino acids or what, whatever um, nutrients you'd like to uh, you know fuel the body with yeah go to the sauna then you come back home and no cold shower because we want that inflammation to continue. The two sides. So the cardiovascular, right? Uh, it, it's a good idea to do those, uh, to do a cold shower after those kind of exercises. Whereas the resistance training, it's not so much a great idea because it will sort of stunt the re reparation of your tissue in, in your body. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, that makes, that makes, that makes perfect sense. I, I use, the cold water water immersion 
specifically after I've done a long run because it's very harsh on the body, very impactful and creates a lot of swelling. And um, that I found that that definitely helps my recovery. You know, it also helps clarity around mindset when you're, when you're feeling a bit fatigued. So we've obviously spoken about the benefits of the cold water therapy, but obviously coupled with this is when you can use breath work and I've, I've used breath work, probably for the last six months, actually. And I found it's it's really helpful for my mindset, for clearing my mindset ahead of the day. Now, yeah. I only do this for about 10 minutes a day. Um, but again, you know, some of the dads and that, that listen to this might think, for me to carve out 10 minutes in the morning to do a little bit of breath work after you've asked me to get in a cold shower, you know, I'm, that's just not feasible. But I, I really urge people to try it. So, in your opinion, how, how would you approach the kind of the other side to it? So the breath work for the mindset element yeah, after so, you've done the cold shower. Um, so we go back to actually when we're in the cold shower, I think. I think it's good to sort of like uh, a little bit separate some of the breath work stuff because if you're talking about things like the Wim Hof method and uh, these okay. different styles of breathing, some of it's quite um, it's quite heavy breathing. It's really trying to sort of like create a state in the body. Um, right. Now, if we're in the cold shower, what we want to do is calm the breathing. Like we said before, the sympathetic nervous system sort of active okay. and saying, okay, all, all right, what's the threat here? And that's why it's kind of like the heart starts beating a little bit more and it is a little bit sometimes a bit difficult to draw that first breath and, and even a complete breath. You know, you kind of have that somehow, sometimes it's a bit sort of like in parts and you're trying to, you can feel your body trying to bring the whole breath in, but there's that little sort of like stutter in between. So you're just trying to control control your breath. And the really interesting thing about that situation is uh, stress in the body, it kind of man- manifests in exactly that same way. So whether you're in a, whether you're in a cold shower, whether yeah. someone's yelled at you at work, whether someone's cut you off uh, in a road rage accident, incident or whatever, uh, you're about to jump out of a plane or you're about to go and give a presentation at work, this, the, the stress actually manifests in exactly the same way, in a way that your heart, your heart will start racing or pounding a little right. bit more, um, you get a little bit sweaty and all that kind of stuff, and you're more in this kind of active state. So it's a perfect scenario yeah. to uh, learn how to control the breath and, and therefore control stress, right, or the response to stress. So that's why when you're in the cold shower, we're just asking people to gently, gently try and squeeze, uh, sort of like, uh, oh, if, I don't know if you can hear this, but kind of lengthening the exhale, really yeah. lengthen that exhale, something that we're not quite used to doing right. on, a, on, a, on a day-to-day basis, but you're just going to lengthen the exhale and you're going to stimulate this vagus nerve, which has a direct link to your heart and your heart rate. And it will be able to lower the heart rate and, and kind of calm the whole body and your whole, all the systems in your body. So this is why, this is why it's uh, worth mentioning this style uh, of breathing because you can actually, if you're in the shower for a few minutes, it is almost like a breathwork um, meditation or exercise because if you've got the cold yeah. shower there or even warm shower, you could probably do, you can still do your, your some sort of uh, breathwork um routine for a few minutes whilst you're in the shower you know just getting gathering your thoughts and having uh, you know focusing on what you've yep. got uh, um up on the agenda for the day so there's that part of it and then if we're talking mm-hmm. specifically about the wim hof method breathing that's something that we should uh, do like in completely separate from the cold because it's quite it's quite intensive um, and we're, okay. we're always suggesting that you – we're not suggesting, we're kind of like enforcing <laughs> hopefully that uh, people don't uh, combine the two because when you're starting to breathe in this kind of really yeah. – like this kind of breathing and this kind of breath work, you can feel a little bit lightheaded sometimes. Okay. And, uh, you know, if you if you are in your ice bath yeah. or you're, you're having a swim or something like this and – you know, you can't. There is a risk of this, uh, what they call shallow water blackout, which means that you get a little bit dizzy, especially if it's early in the morning, and the blood pressure is is rising and all that sort of thing. 
uh, you can actually you can actually sort of if you have a little faint or something and you you wake up face down in the water, the first instinct is for the body to breathe in, and of course you're going to take in the water. So that's that's why we really uh, we we're really telling people not yeah. to uh, combine the two, but that. The actual breathing, the Wim Hof method breathing, is yeah. a really, really nice one because those same tingling, uh, tingling, and all those little sensations and the lightheadedness and things like that. A lot of people love that feeling. I, I love it myself as well. And eventually, what what ends up happening is you right. uh, do these little, um, you're breathing for about thirty times. Then you, you, you know, that rate of breath that I said before. So. <sighs> like this for about 30 times and then on the last one you're breathing in you're letting go and then you're just laying still and you have you've been breathing quite a lot you've 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 kind of um you have a lot of oxygen inside your body that you're just carrying around in your bloodstream and you're just laying still and you're waiting for those uh, co2 levels to rise a little bit until you feel this kind of little urge to breathe you take one sip of air and you hold that in for about 20 seconds and then after 20 seconds you release and then we start the next yeah. round and you do about four rounds of that. Um, probably takes about uh, maybe it takes 15, 20 minutes um, um, and that's that's the breath work that a lot of people have been kind of uh, amazed by because a lot of people come to these different workshops that I'm running and things like that and they, they come there with the eyes focused solely on that ice bath that we're going to do at the end so we do a little bit yeah and um about halfway through when we do the the breathing with them they they were like oh my goodness that was the i think that was the first time i've ever meditated before i i had such a calm mind yeah Uh, it was lovely sensations in the body and i just i wasn't thinking about work i wasn't thinking about is the dog fed any of that stuff it was just real very blissful for a lot of people you know yeah. So. Yeah. Oh no, I was just going to say. So yeah. So the Sorry, so the, the two are very very different from each other. Um, and one real if 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 you've got like one really practical thing to actually get started because you mentioned also that uh, a lot of people out there, especially dads, busy life. You know, they're trying to get out there and go to work and get the kids where they need to go and yeah. drop them drop the wife um, off at work or whatever. You know. Sometimes the best way to start is um, just being aware of your breath, just being aware. It's not too often throughout the course of the day yeah. that you would um, check in with yourself and just be like, okay, how, how is my breathing right now, you know? And usually it, it, is, that, it, yeah. it is that situation where someone cuts you off on the road um, or this kind of situation happens and we lose control of the breath. That's the first, unfortunately, that's the point in time where somebody's like, Okay, the kind of like proverbial shit's hit the fan. Uh, okay, now how am I going to control this? <sighs> and you, you know your blood, you, you know blood yeah. blood pressure's rising, your heart's pounding. It's like not you know we can prevent that from happening. It's more that's more of a reactive thing. Um, whereas if you're practicing this breath awareness, you're more inclined yeah. to be sort of calmer breathing, more relaxed. Uh, the rate of breath is much lower, somewhere between well. You know, in a non-active state, there uh, these experts are saying that somewhere between six to ten breaths per minute is the is the optimal rate of breath, which is it, it's quite low, um, right. but it is achievable. It is very achievable. I've, every class or workshop that I give, uh, we're able to get pretty practically everybody into this range in just a few minutes. Yeah, yeah. I think I think. One thing that I want to pick out of there, and and some again, some people listening to this might be thinking like this. This just sounds mad, but I really challenge everybody to try it because for the simple reason, and and you use the kind of road rage scenario, is it enables you in that split second to respond and not react. And what I mean by that is that you because you're aware of your breath, you're like right you know you're conscious more kind of subconsciously you're just like my breath you know i'm getting irate or my breathing's rising i just need to stop reflect and it's a split second which you can then 
take hold of your breath, you can calm yourself down, and then you just let it go, and then you just carry on. And, you know, particularly around things yeah. get very stressful with children sometimes, and you you just, instead of just maybe barking at them or, you know, or just letting the situation get out of control, you just stop for that split second, take a few deep breaths, and then you deal with the situation. So I think that's really, really valuable. And, and you know, like I said, the, the whole kind of being aware of breath, just it sounds just crazy but i really challenge everyone listening to this to actually try absolutely it i would it, i would even take so that profound. uh if i could uh, even a step further and just maybe even take a breath with the child yeah maybe ask them to take a breath hey just breathe yeah yeah <sighs> one more one more with daddy <sighs> like this because you know what kids are like in the morning they get all excited they have a bit of sugar they're they're, they're running about and you know yeah. they they're not trying to they're not trying to make life yeah. difficult for anyone but they're just they're you know they're just little humans doing what they've got to do no. um based on what they what knowledge they have or don't have yeah. um and you, you can you can make a little uh little game yes. with them or a little exercise where they just take a, a couple of a couple of breaths with dad or mom at home so that, that that's a, that's something that yeah. um it was really profound for me to understand actually what the breath does. It's it, it like why we even breathe oxygen is because we, we actually need oxygen uh, yeah. to come into the body to break down the nutrients. So when we're eating food, we actually need oxygen to come to sort of combine with those and break down the nutrients in order to create the, you know, this molecule ATP that is actually the, you know, that's your energy that the body can actually use. And, the way you yeah. breathe uh, and the rate of breath has a direct relationship and correlation with the amount of energy that you're producing in the body. So if you're stressed out at, uh, of an evening, you've just yeah. had a, a, you know, if you have an argument or, you know, that's why a lot of people don't like working out uh, really late at night and then going to bed because you've just been breathing a lot. You've been cre producing and creating a lot of energy and then you've got to like yeah. hit the handbrake and you've got to try and go to sleep. So we kind of, and it's the same when you're in these stressed yeah. states, or you just want to, you just want to have this nice, smooth energy um, production over the course of the day. And I loved what you said before, mate, in terms of this. Um, uh, not, not a lot of bad things have happened on this planet by people not having control of of themselves. You know, um, you know, split instance where they've just make a really horrible yeah. decision or, or something like this, and they're not in a lot of cases they're not bad people or anything it's just that some something nasty has just happened because they've just had that rush rush of blood to the brain really as they say so um those road rage things yeah. i mean like we're yeah. all everyone on this planet's talking about how busy how bloody busy they are and then somebody somebody uh for yeah. whatever reason you know even in a normal traffic situation the car comes in front and then it, then that can start a horrible situation that can culminate in any kind of uh, disaster you know so it's just about having the the self-awareness to say you know is that really that important to me you know i'm so busy do i yeah, really have exactly. time to worry yeah. about that guy that yeah. or that whoever yeah. just cut cut me off or any of this sort of stuff so with the breathing, it, it controls all these yeah. mechanisms in the body and especially your energy and especially your heart rate and all, all of these key things that kind of help uh, help contribute to you being you. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think it enables you to be you, you know, instead of – because, you know, a lot of the times when we react – after the event, we're yeah. like, oh, why, why did I behave like that? You know, why did I do that? You know, and, and it's just having that awareness and just, like you say, that split second. And I loved what you said about the children. I'd never, ever considered that before. But that's a brilliant way because what that then teaches the children is that's teaching them just respond, don't react. And, you know, the kids, it is nothing to do with the kids. We are responsible for them and to bring them up. And if as parents, we then teach them how to deal with emotion and, you know, react and not respond, it's just going to make them much better mate. humans as they yeah. grow up. And I you, think. Like I said, it's, it can be just a little game or something like yeah. that with the, with the kids, you know. They'll, they'll probably end up saying, yeah, exactly. come on, come on, daddy. Yeah. Now breathe. And you'll be like, okay, yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
They will. They definitely will. They're like little sponges. So with, with people listening to this today and they, you know, they really like the idea of, of the cold water and the cold water therapy and the breathing, what kind of five key actions, Lee, would you suggest the listeners could take away today to kind of implement into their lives um, to, to kind of improve? Yeah, well, I think the first, the, in terms of cold, I, th- I really think the mindset is that it's just like anything. Uh, you just gotta, you just gotta commit to it, you know? You gotta, you gotta basically say, I want this. Um, yeah, I want to give it a go. You commit to the thing. I, I, I also do these like twenty-one day cold shower challenge. Uh, every, you know, uh, these kind of things, and it, and okay. it's quite useful for people because, you know, it, when you're in the shower, it's usually, I mean, it's a solitary thing. Usually, you're in there, and you are confronted at. It's kind of the weakest moment of the day, right? You know, in a sense, because you're kind of waking up and you've got that little get out, get out clause of that red tap, uh, the you know the the hot tap there. So you just got to commit to it, you know. And that's just it's like that's why I think the mindset is really powerful yeah. thing. If you if you're able to commit to something kind of relatively small in a way, just a cold shower or just finishing the shower uh, 20, 30 seconds cold. I mean, that's a, that's you know, and you make that commitment to yourself. Um, yeah. that's, that's the, that's the number one thing. Then the thing is not to, I mean, not to beat yourself up about it too. If you, if you, you know, if you it's a very vulnerable thing when you're, when you can't breathe, uh, you know, like if you're kind of feel like you're, um, struggling yeah. to breathe in the shower. So just don't beat yourself up about it. Go easy on yourself. Go, go gently. Don't force anything. That's, that's another Part of that is there's no force in this kind of thing. Yeah. You want to you want to uh, eventually. It sounds crazy, but you will end up enjoying that if you commit to that and you do it for uh, 21 days or or plus. Like some of us are on these. You know, we've been doing cold showers for years now. Straight, just always cold shower. Um, yeah, this is a really this is a really uh, a key part of it as well. And then. Eventually, you want to kind of you want to take a little bit further. You want to take a little bit further. So I would say, like maybe um, finding a way to get outside uh, to do that. And the local swimming halls around here, we have yeah. these. I don't know. I think it might be the same over there, mate. Like I think you've got these cold pools in there. You probably got these cold pools. Yeah, 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 yeah you I, know. And it's a, it's a really safe. Be. You won't find a safer place to do uh, a cold exposure. Um, than to go to the swimming pool because you'll have a you'll you should have a life lifeguard there on duty somewhere as well, and if you're worried, you can always just let them know that you're just going to try and stay a minute in here or thirty seconds or something like that. However it goes, um, but that's a yeah. really 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 powerful thing to do, and that's probably I think that's this is probably the the biggest takeaway for anybody listening as to why you would want to do the cold the cold exposure is because if you if you're able to stay in there for um, about 90, 90 seconds to 120 seconds, which is about two minutes um, from it, uh, probably about 10 degrees and below, you actually you reset your white blood cell count in your body. Now, this is, this is like without doubt the, the biggest uh, finding uh, in all of this cold exposure because uh, we were talking a little bit about inflammation before and that the cold actually suppresses the, the inflammatory response. Yeah. But then when they looked a bit deeper into this, uh, what ended up yeah. happening was the the all these white blood cells, which is basically they, they accumulate in the body because of stress. So it can be it can be sort of uh, you know, it can be the road rage thing that we've been talking about. It can also be blue light from the computer screen. It yeah. can be uh, environmental factors, pollution, yeah. any of these kind of things. Um Every time we're kind of bombarded with these with these little little bits of stress, your body's kind of reacting to that, and it's producing white blood cells. And what happens is, over the course of time, if we're kind of overproducing these white blood cells for at a rapid rate for an extended period of time, uh, we're more inclined to get these uh, nasty autoimmune issues. For example, arthritis rheumatoid arthritis, uh, Crohn's disease, um, fibromyalgia, a whole host of things. And and it feels like every, every time I go and check what, like if you go and type in autoimmune issues, there's another 
bunch of them that I can't even pronounce or say, you know. So we, we, we're in this epidemic of, yeah. of these autoimmune issues, which is in a direct correlation with the amount of stress that we're under and we're suffering from on a day-to-day basis as well. So, and that's because of the response inside of your body and the white blood cells. So what we can do is if we have this prolonged um, cold exposure for a, a few minutes, then we're able to actually suppress, we're able to suppress that, that response, the innate immune system response. And it kind of, uh, I guess you could say balances or re- re- regulates the production of the white blood cells in your body. And therefore you don't, they, they kind of, it resets that in a way. So that's without doubt the, the reason right. um, to do that. And then of course, there's this other side of it too, which is probably about, I think we're up to about four now anyway, if we're talking about five, five uh, things here. The fourth one is um, I've not been sick since doing this. Since doing it, I've I've not been sick, okay. um, and I'm I'm not even joking. It's probably gone on about six seven years now. Uh, I, I actually I literally can't remember when the last time wow. I was sick, and um, and that that this is just because I've been I, I put it down to very very healthy lifestyle. I mean I'm I'm like most people. I like a, a you know someone celebrating yeah. a birthday. I go out for a, a pint or a beer or you know over here they like a bit of the Jägermeister. Uh, every so in the winter time or something like that. <laughs> so you know, I like a, I like a drink every now and then, but I wouldn't say I'm you know I wouldn't drink uh, alcohol on a weekly basis. That's for sure. Um, but I, I do have a, a pretty healthy no. lifestyle. But the cold, I've kept I've kept up this uh, regular cold exposure, um, and at least once a week, at least once a week, I would have that kind of that good couple of minutes of um, in the, in the cold, in a cold body of water. Um, so yeah. I'm, I'm like, I, I, I'm not sick. It's great. I'm, I'm there. I'm there for people that rely on me and need me. So um, that's, that's, that's a really, really strong one as well. Um, and I, I, at this point, I yeah. should also mention that the cold showers, the, 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 the cold, uh, cold exposure we get from the cold shower is not enough of an effect to get this kind of all these these um, you know this uh, inflammatory response and all of those, it, it does need to be in a in a cold body of water for a couple of minutes. So the cold shower is just sort of like surface, yeah. you know, it's not enough um, exposure to get that response in the body. You're researching all that stuff, but we'll, yeah. we'll probably learn yeah. more and more as the as as time passes. But um, we, that's what we do know is the cold. Uh, cold exposure in a body of water is actually for a couple of minutes. That's a key one. That's a key one that will literally keep you alive. And yeah. yeah and, and then the, the, the last point here, and this is kind of, I don't know, it's kind of on the breathing side of things again, but um, it, I mean, yeah. it's, it's a mirror of who you are. When you go to the cold, it's literally um, kind of a reflection of who you are at that moment in time. And, if you think about it, when you're waking up in the morning right. and you go and have a cold shower and you're like, you know, you're waking up, you're in this active state, you just got to, once you realize that's, that's normal response in your body and, and, you know, you're not weak, you're not a loser, you're not a wimp because you can't breathe, breathe for the first, you know, you can't have two yeah. full breaths of air in and out uh, when a cold shower or any of this sort of thing. Um, you're just a normal functioning human being. And when you start to connect again with the body and the, and and what what this body is capable of, um, and you can kind of use the breath as a gateway to all of these things, I I often say that um, you know uh, breathing is just like I mean if you think about it, we're just these cars drive these these vehicles just cruising around, right? And for most of us, breathing is something like yeah. uh, like we're in the passenger seat. We're just Looking out the window, uh, looking at the scenery yeah. on the yeah. as as the vehicles passing through these these little places, and with breathing, when we actually we we can actually jump into the driver's seat, we can jump jump into the driver's seat, and we can control this vehicle, and we can take it where we need to, where we would like to go, and I think that's something that a lot of us kind of um, I don't want to say take for granted, but some of us are just not even aware of that, and. Um, because we can breathe right now, we're just breathing. Yeah. Um, you know, 
automatically or autonomously, but every so often we can actually choose how we want to breathe. And I think that's something that's really powerful. And if you remember that when you're in the cold, cold shower or in the cold exposure, having the cold exposure, you remember that you are actually in control of the breath. Um, that is kind of a, like a really profound thing. And it helps, it helps, uh, actually helps everything. It helps all the processes and all the situations that we find ourselves in. Yeah, definitely. I think that's so valuable. And, it, you know, as humans, we often overcomplicate things and we look exactly. for solutions outside of ourselves. And actually everything that we need is within ourselves. And I think, you know, the cold water therapy and the breath work, it is, like I said, you know, before people might think it's strange, they might think it's out of the ordinary, but I really challenge everybody to try it because it will make such a difference. And, you know, it's, it's, you've got all the tools there. You don't need well, and, anything. And one else. more thing, mate, one more so thing, sorry. Um, you know, we, we spoke at the start about uh, this kind of group, a group situation where people are coming together. And honestly, there's just, it, yeah. it's just a great thing to get a bunch of people together and go for a dip, dip. I know uh, there's a group down uh, in Brighton. Um, yeah. down there that uh, they every morning without fail yeah. they're down there at the I mean of course they got this lovely sea down there not everyone has the has has the sea uh, close by but I'm sure there's ponds yeah. or there's a lake or uh, some body of water or the local pool um, you know you can get people together and bring people together um, around this and it's just it's just really nice you know you get that nice uh, you do get that kind of warm warm fuzzy feeling I mean that's the thing right <laughs> we've had the, when you're cold, the body wants to heat up, yeah. you know. So, and and of course that means yeah. it also taps in a little bit to the weight loss and the, the fat burning thing as well, because that's a that's also a key factor here as well. But yeah. that community thing is what I'm what I'm kind of uh, mentioning here, because I think that's a powerful thing as well. Getting some people together, um, group of dads together, group of people from the local gym or the foot the fo- football yeah. team. And just just having a nice bath together, or having a dip at the lake, um, having a coffee after. I mean, this is it's a good social thing to do as well. And I think that's as as you mentioned correctly. I think that's something that we're just missing. Some we all need a little bit of support. We all want to have a bit of banter and uh, share share the experiences and learn and and uh, take take a load off, you know, and know that we're not alone. <laughs> the same problem that I've. With my son yeah. is is actually everyone else yeah. has got the same thing you know it's just the, the same age thing or whatever yeah yeah that's yeah that's so valuable and like you say we we do take that for granted um and i think it's massively overlooked although awareness is being raised particularly around mm. men and mental health and all that kind of stuff and that that human connection everybody needs it it is healthy for you and yeah, you know, to get people to go down to a lake, to a park, and just yeah, yeah just have a chat. You know, it just makes so much difference. Um, and and just one final point is is a, is around obviously going in to bodies of water at this time of year. You know, there's 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 groups at the Serpentine in London that do it. Um, and the one thing that I found, and I you know, when I go lake swimming in the early part of the season, kind of around March April time, is absolutely freezing. But the one thing that you do get when you come out is you get you're so revitalized it's just it sounds crazy but it you are you're so more switched on and um yeah like i say i i definitely um recommend that that everyone at least gives it a go so lee we could probably talk for hours and hours and hours more it's been amazing you you uh, you know people should go back and listen to this again because some of the stuff in there particularly around the kids and the breath work um is just so profound and i, I highly recommend that you, you put it into your daily lives but how can um how can people connect with you lee what um where where what social channels what website what books have you got or or events yeah people can just find me from my you? website which is my name it's uh, leeyuan.com so l e i g h it's spelled like that not lee like bruce lee but l e i g h and then e w i n .com and then of course my name um just my name lowercase letters on instagram is a really good way to connect with me as well and that's where I do the cold shower challenge. So if anybody wants to give it a go, we're we're about to launch that next week. I think it's Wednesday next week. We're gonna we're gonna launch the cold shower challenge. Um, so you might get a few few people that are willing to. Uh, yeah, and you, and a warning, I'll, I'll give you a pre warning. You have to you yeah. do have to see me in the shower, and that's not 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 full. Don't don't worry, it's not full. 
Trust me, it's a cold shower. I'm not going to do that. Um, <laughs> just just pick up, and I kind of show show the yeah. breathing techniques as I'm doing it, and uh, you know we have a bit of a schedule, so it builds up, and it and it, you get more comfortable with it, and um, you know there's a little bit of support. I answer questions and all that kind of thing, so um, that could be a good way to get started. You know, before they all join you, like swimming. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I think I'm going to join your 21 day challenge because I'm after speaking to you today, I'm going to I'm going to master the, the the cold shower definitely. Um, it's got me all pumped up to uh, to nail it. Awesome, Lee. Thanks Thank very you. much for your time again today. No um, I really appreciate it. No, and, it's great, uh, yeah, mate. And, I'll, and I'll keep up the good soon. work, mate. You're doing a really good job there of uh, getting the message out there um to all the dads it's a it's a really it's to be honest it's a sometimes a bit neglected kind of thing uh you know the group demographic you could say yeah so it's really good that you've uh taken the time to sort of and you've and the commitment to uh spreading the news and the, the word out there for health and uh, of the dads out there yeah thanks very much well, i really appreciate that that means a hell of a lot um uh, yeah i'm very passionate and committed thank you this, mate so, um, see you yeah. soon thanks very much lee Thanks for listening to the Fitter Healthier Dad podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please hit subscribe and I would really appreciate if you could leave a review on iTunes. All the links mentioned in the episode will be in the show notes and a full transcription is over at fitterhealthierdad.com.